This is uh, the Red Pill Podcast. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 2, or as we like to say, the Desmond Edition. Desmond 2-2. Oh, I just got it. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back, Gemma. Thanks, mate. Good, guys. So we're on uh, Season 2, Episode 2. Um, of the new equipment. Do you like the addition? So fancy. Yeah. Feel like a pro. Yeah. I was bored of everywhere I went, people saying... Every other word I hear is good, but um, get yourself some recording equipment. So we've gone all in, mixing decks a lot. So if you can't hear us now, you've got the problem. We are talking about the changes in CrossFit, um, the shake-up, as they call it. We're probably three months late doing it. But we've got an opinion about it, so um, let's talk about it. Um, what are the consequences of the restructure is what we're going to be talking about. Let's start quite generally, guys. Um, and let's just give you a general sort of initial feedback when the news came and sort of how you felt and what was your sort of initial feelings. I was quite excited by it, to be honest. Um just the fact that there's more opportunities to more opportunities to spread your season out, qualify in different different areas, um, encouraging more competition. Um, quite, yeah, welcome it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It certainly, like you said, opens opportunities to people um, and keeps the year interested instead of people building up to the open and then obviously the games I think yeah certainly interesting yeah I mean we were in the sort of we had that opinion before but we've got the hindsight now of already having some events and quite enjoying it and being a little bit hyped and watching things going on and almost almost having a sport which isn't just two events a year um it's a sport that's actually got many sort of like football you watch football every weekend etc etc it's quite nice to have that sort of buzz and everything else going around. So, so uh, you, Gemma, you mentioned there that it's an opportunity, more, uh, a greater opportunity for people to to compete. And there's more athletes now who would never have had the chance to compete of the scale of regionals actually having an opportunity to compete, which I, I completely agree is, is a wonderful opportunity. And a lot of the, the guys I'm coaching who would never have got to regionals are now doing a sanctional or getting to, getting to go there. Do you think it would potentially heighten the gap between the elite and the recreational CrossFitter now, bearing in mind that there's more opportunities to earn money, there's greater sponsorship opportunities, which is, of course, positive if you're good? Yeah, it, well, it hugely widens that gap, doesn't it? Because if you think about like the um, prize money for one of the big events, that potentially is going to allow somebody to train more professionally or more on a professional level. But for those other people that aren't going to be on podium or aren't going to be able to win, that just limits their ability to train at that level, to train at that more professional level. So that gap is just going to get bigger and bigger between yeah, I mean, the two. The plus minus cost, isn't there? That, it, that you've got some guys who are finishing outside the top 10 who are, it's costing them a significant amount. Yeah. Uh, to to go to the events versus the guys who are in the top three who are being paid a significant amount, that will start to spread. As we see in every sport, um, you know, the Premier League in football and, and, and every other sport, as you see, the guys with the highest wage bills are the guys, the, the teams that finish in top of the league. Will we see that? Will we see that in CrossFit? Will we see that pretty much the top 
10 in CrossFit will be the, the guys with the biggest budget or the biggest sponsorship deals versus the best, the best athletes. Well, they're more than likely going to get the best sponsorships, aren't they? Because they're the ones that are going to be doing better. And that just spirals, doesn't it, potentially? Yeah. Well, that's what you'd assume will happen, as it has done in other sports. But do we isolate some younger athletes, for example, coming through? Do we, do we put them under? Because, I mean, for me, CrossFit is in its, in its infancy. I think what's exciting with CrossFit is it's in its, it's in its, it's in its infancy. It's a new sport. Um, science behind sport, science behind training in CrossFit is not even touched upon yet we're just getting started with it and as those the better coaches start coming into CrossFit as more science comes into CrossFit as people start training more efficiently the gap will widen and it will be harder and harder and harder for for potentially young up and coming athletes to get access to, to that science them. and to catch them yeah. and we do we create a gap and is that is it good is it good for the sport that we create that gap I guess the alternative is does it then drive just more determination to get to that level does it just encourage more and more people to be training at a higher level um and by having more sort of opportunities and competitions throughout the year does that not just promote more interest in the sport and then therefore more interest in training i don't know i hope so yeah i hope so um i think the the new competitions obviously give these people the the kind of the let's call it just we'll just say second tier like the second tier athlete that's up and coming gives them a chance to compete with the big guns um through numerous events um one downside of it is maybe we don't see a true representation of the big guns as well though like almost at each each point some of the competitions you've probably seen people finish nearer the podium than than they would do because of the density of the field like it's not the same density of the field in these sanctionals as it is at the games which yes it's the world championships but so you would expect a difference but I don't know I'm thinking ahead here now but would it be cool to have an all year round league where the top top guys go at it throughout the year at different stages and it's it's the champion over the 12 months rather than the champion maybe it all finishes with the yellow jersey in the in the CrossFit Games finale in in Wisconsin but like see and then it's an opportunity for people to see them go out and we've got a a qualification league underneath where people are then trying to athletes get relegated and athletes can get promoted is I don't know I'm thinking yeah you're thinking football <laughs> i'm not sure we need promotion and relegation yeah. but but i mean that for, in my book that's where this has to end and i hope that's where we're headed with it is that you get qualification points rather than winning the sanctionals and qualifying you get you get qualification points so you're placing at events when you do you, you'd have to do for example a minimum of three events a year you're you're you get points and at first of june the top 40 uh, point scorers of the year get their qualifications to the final and I think you should start from a, a zero slate at the final I like the idea of final I like the excitement of it I like to go in there it's even I like being able to peak for it as a, as a coach uh, and not having to peak all year you can do five sanctional events you can do ten sanctional events but your top three points will, will count towards your total score in the top four at 1st of June or mid-May or whatever they want to sort of put the cut-off point then qualifiers for a grand final would be would be wonderful um, so in that respect then 
if we're talking about this, where does the open fit into all of this? Is is the open is the open stronger than ever because of this, or is are we seeing a gradual fade out of the open? Um, is the open being where are this CrossFit sort of enthusiasts as you are? How, where is the open headed? What what's going on now? I mean, I think it opens. Uh, it definitely opens the open for for everybody really because now you've got you got people who didn't think it was possible to like regionals in Europe for example was so so tough to get to like you had to be literally I mean what I think the stats you had like the top 80 in Europe would qualify in pretty much every like the majority of regions that then the top so as low as the top 80 would be qualifying somewhere so it was always stupid stressful um for the athletes in Europe going into that now it kind of opens up okay now now I've just got to be the best in my country which brings everybody within the UK well, now people in the UK for example can go alright it's not just a shot at regionals which I was miles away from before now it's alright top one in the UK maybe it's maybe it's within the reach um, don't get me wrong I think it's even tougher that I was going to say at that level, have, yeah, yeah, it's tougher than getting to yeah. regionals, yeah, um, to to be the best. But but now it's still it's a little bit more on your radar than being the top forty out of twenty. However many, I think we had thirty thousand in Europe, um, thirty thousand men or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it brings it. I think it opens up opportunities for some people. And the difference between CrossFit and some of the other sports is that there is a sort of grassroots level where you can still compete in the open compared to and cl- class yourself against some of the more higher level athletes where you don't really get that anywhere else in any other sports do you so I think if they completely lost it somewhere along the line lost the open that would completely change the sport of CrossFit I think that would be a shame to do not that obviously that's what they've done now but but there is a certain sort of mystical element around the open isn't there yeah. sort of enjoyment it's sort of like everybody the, the games is almost synonymous with we don't know what's coming we're getting a shock and this is our one chance a year as as dads or unfit people or, or not as fit people this is our one chance a year to sort of experience that excitement are. and go oh what's going to come and where are we going to do and, and feel that feeling I just I don't I don't have the answer I just don't know how relevant it's going to be in five years to the elite of the sport I almost feel like we're starting to see a split, and which is not necessarily a bad thing. We're starting to see a split between recreational CrossFit and professional CrossFit. And almost having a recognised professional circuit is potentially where we're headed. And But the CrossFit Open, for me, should should always be a huge part of it. And it's having the normal people measuring themselves. And I hadn't actually thought about your point, Gemma, of it's an opportunity to measure yourself with the best and go, right, I'm only... 327 reps from Sam Briggs on that on that workout yeah. or I'm um, 65 kilos from Matt Fraser or whoever it may be I think I think that's quite a nice way of doing it and so that's before I was sort of quite, came into the discussion on the research doing sort of almost saying that let's drop the elite from the from the open but let's promote the open and have it really as a, a measurement and a testament of fitness and a testament of health that we're trying we've got so many people doing the open because people are getting healthy and they're able to do the open and we could actually program different workouts then because we wouldn't have to sort the elite out because saying it as it is, the programming is designed so we get the showcase at the games. If we lost that, 
we could program we could have a better open i think yeah i can understand that from that point of view that makes sense i think it's why crossfit athletes get so much respect as well from from the people that can throw down with them they're not uh, us normal folk because we actually get a direct comparison of like wow how impressive that skill is when you compare it to other sports like the team sports for example you have no idea how good the guys at the top level are no. you sit there watching it from the outside you, you've never felt a pass from an England rugby international yeah like been thrown at you you, you can't appreciate the speed like that that game's played at compared to the lower levels whereas in CrossFit you just go yep I tried that workout couldn't even lift the weight or took me 10 times longer than Matt Fraser Um, and you get it gives you that kudos of the you do that don't you the 7 minute arm rep of staring at the bar yeah because it starts with something heavier than you can you can lift it's actually in in some ways there's a magical element of it I can still deadlift his snatch thankfully (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, I have seen you deadlifting the dad cup recently. Didn't yeah. go wonderfully for you. Well, technically. Who's te- Technically, it didn't go wonderfully. Either. Oh, the deadlift didn't. No, the deadlift didn't. But in terms of the overall result, if it was me versus you, I won again. No, you lost. No. We went to a tie break and you bottled the tie break. Maybe there's still another. We can, we can run tonight if you want to run tonight. Let's get it going. Let's go. I'm in Timberlands. I'll beat you in my Timberlands. <laughs> Whatever. It all comes down to the open, like we're talking about. Okay. And is it a clean slate at the open for you guys? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. reigning champ, so he's got to try and take the title off me, but we'll yeah. see. So, I mean, that's the other side of the open, isn't it? That it just gives infinite opportunities for friends to have a bit of fun with it. I mean, I'm going to be open and say it. The only reason I've trained the last year is because I don't want to lose to Joust in the open. Uh, you have a good competition which is the, yeah. it's yeah. the only, the, only re- the only reason I've been training the last six weeks is because I want to retain my title yeah and and but but I know we're joking and we're having a bit of fun but that is what is like I say that is the magic of the open that is what is great about it and it's what keeps people fit what's keeping people training and I, I I sincerely hope that never gets lost and I sincerely hope that the the affiliate memberships and, and everything else and the affiliates continue to back up the open I hear uh, a lot of people saying we're not going to bother with the Open this year because of the changes and the formats and, and everything else and I think if that if the waters are starting to get muddied between what is this and where we're going and there's nothing that muddies water more than insecurities and I think when I've said a lot of positive things about the, the CrossFit and the changes here I think wh- where they need to come into criticism is their communication in the last six months has been appalling uh, and it's just created an, an enormous amount of insecurity, unfortunately. And, and I think that's, that's a shame because I think they'll get it back. Don't get me wrong. I think, I think they'll regain it. And I think when people see what they're trying to do, they're probably, it's probably going to end up quite positive. Um, but I think there's insecurity muddies waters and insecurity help, sort of puts a bit of pressure on people. Um, and then pe- our natural reaction as, as humans is to sort of back off and, all right, I'm not going to put my foot in the water. I don't want to feel it. But when you put your toe in your water and you find out it's actually the same water as it was before, I think it'll be fine. Um, I just think that's been a bit of a problem. Yeah, I mean, the, we still don't really know what's going to go on at the games as well in terms of structure and format, like who who enters where and how long have they got how long have they got that competition for? For example, the I don't know the winner of 
a country who has five affiliates and the guy maybe finishes qualifies 20,000th in the world but he's the best in his country and he goes to the games like we said those guys do they have the money to compete in the sport traveling all the way to America from a small country somewhere are you actually going to are they going to accept the ticket so they've qualified but are they going to make the trip and pay the money to be in the hotel and maybe actually just compete for I don't know is it do they get one day? Are they going to? I say we don't. We don't know. Are they going to get knocked out? How quickly are they knocking the field down over what time period? Um, so will they accept and will they go? Yeah, that's kind of my. I mean, and that's and that's a, again a, a sort of uh, a communication issue, yeah. uh, which next year will be a lot easier um, in, in the teasing year. Um, let's move on and talk about the actual events themselves the sanctionals which uh, to be honest I think is holding everything up at the moment um, in a positive way I mean keeping it up keeping the sort of excitement up and keeping the buzz around CrossFit and and I've loved the journey I mean we've been I've been lucky enough now to go be in Dubai and Waterpalooza and I'm going to be in strength and depth in London next week and and compete and yeah of course like in every event there's always things that, that could be better or could be worse but I've loved the time I've enjoyed it um You've been with me, Jas. Uh, to them, what, what, what's your been your overall impression of of the events and the organisation and the running? And you've been what you've been to the games as a coach many times now. How many yeah. times have you been? <clears throat> uh, four. Yeah. So four you've times. got obviously got some regionals many times. So you've got something yeah. to compare them to. So can you give us a little sort of overview of how you've experienced uh, the events so far and, and what your feelings have been and judging and event programming and just let's just get down there and have a little bit of a chat about what we think about the sanctionals um, yeah I mean DFC I've been to DFC twice now so um, that's really well really well run competition um, yeah always stays on time um, it was we had some issues at DFC, didn't we, in terms of communication of standards was a little bit cold and short. Um, and, yeah, there was some some things needed to be changed once the right people made the right noises. Um, but, yeah, but in general, that is, is a good, good experience. Um, good way of people getting some excitement around it and, and qualifying. Uh, Gemma, from from your perspective, um, staying home in cold Gloucester and delightful Gloucester, have you know? Being that I love Gloucester, Thank I you. love the cathedral. It is yeah. beautiful. Can't play rugby, but um, that's de- well um, debatable at the moment. It, Are they doing well, all right? No, I don't follow it. It's wrong. It's not. Well, it's not a ball, is it? It's not round. But They're a wonderful team, and I support them wholeheartedly. Do you? No, that, really. so, that sounds like indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> Or a, fool, or a fool's errand. Your question, My please. question was, um, so you're the you're sort of fan of CrossFit. Yes. Follow it. You're sitting at home yes. and, uh, and as a fan, how has it engaged, how have the sanctionals engaged you? Because ultimately you're a little bit the target of CrossFit, aren't you? The sort of the elite side. You're, they, we want, they want you watching. They it's want you following. How, how have you found it? Definitely more interesting because I think they find historically there's been a little bit of a lull where people just sort of continue along their own training programs and their own day-to-day but actually it 
it isn't until the, the Open comes around that you start to think about the games again. And so by having something that's on social media a lot more or more in the public eye, it definitely motivates you to get back with a bit more enthusiasm in terms of training or coaching, for example. So, yeah, I definitely think that it's positive in terms of recruitment for people in the sport and encouraging people to maybe think about competing as well, not necessarily at that level, but even your weekend warriors just trying to find local competitions i think it will encourage more people to do that which again just promotes more into the sport promotes health and fitness yeah etc etc yeah Yeah. um very good i think i think it's the same i think being at the events and talking to people around the circuit is it it is inspiring people to to train the sanctionals um i'm i'm hoping more emphasis gets put on them um in the next many years to come good so um so I think one of the questions I'm asked quite often uh, with the new season changes, and just to give a little bit of background on this, I'm I'm lucky enough to come from a sort of uh, an Ironman coaching perspective as well, and and it, the, it's now a very sim- similar system to Ironman. They've gone over to the similar system where you choose your event, uh, you go to the event, you win it, or you score points at the event, and then that qualifies you to to the World Championships in, in Hawaii, um, and there's a number of similarities in this system um and one of the one of the things we use a lot of time for in Ironman is which events are we going to when are we going to them why are we going to them which one suits us etc uh, etc et um just so you you you're with sam um yeah. congratulations by the way thank you very much sir. um how do you guys come to that uh conclusion that you're going to go to Dubai and then you went obviously Sam was in Australia um, congratulations by the way um, <laughs> thank you um, how do you make the decision of where to go what to do looking at the season um, we basically like Dubai was to be honest the, the win was unexpected like we, we weren't going there expecting to win we were just going there for yeah, it's a great competition to be involved in. Um, there is an opportunity to to win prize money per event, which can obviously, like with Sam's abilities in her like capacity, can can win, which then funds ultimately funds her training, yeah. um, her ability to yeah get through a get through a year and pay bills, etc. So. Like that, that that's an element of why that competition obviously everything went better than planned so to speak um, and yeah she, she ended up winning that we'd already made the decision on Australia um, that she was going to go there because we'd heard about the style of programming that was there which was suited to her as well um, and we just we went along with doing it because we we reflected on on DFC and when well we've got four weeks now where we can play with uh, like make some adjustments and see see if we can make changes uh, that can that can carry over into the next competition uh, albeit um, the field's not as strong um, at Australia as it was at DFC so getting a true reflection on did we make the gains necessary um, relative to the the top end component uh, uh, opponent? Sorry, uh, we didn't get. But yeah, the 
that's that's where the kind of decisions were the decisions were made months before and that was the kind of grounding really yeah uh, fair enough I think we all, we have the same do you think um, do you think the I've got to say answer ask this question carefully because I don't mean it in a derogatory way I actually mean it in an intelligent way um, do you think people will target the weaker events and look at the fields I mean I know we do in Ironman you know in Ironman you'd say right let's look at the typical field at that event let's look at the t- typical athletes that are coming and go that's an easy ticket respect to the athletes that are there and I, I don't mean that to, to sound but easy in terms of <clears throat> that sort of event in terms, isn't it? in terms of, of I'm top five in the world yeah, exactly. and everybody else there is top hundred in the world yeah. like you know do, um, do we think because there's a lot of events isn't there there's going to be yeah. there's 16 events that's going to be there and and there's only the top one going so you're, you're talking about the person who wins it goes <laughs> are, are we I mean you're looking at South Africa um, as, as an event there was a you know for me an athlete there made a, a reasonable decision to go and go right I've got my ticket uh, yeah and it's intelligent it's intelligent it's, in, it's intelligent work so as I say there's nothing derogatory meant with it I'm just are we doing that or are we looking at I, I mean we've made some decisions as in uh, Sarah and I have made decisions we want to go to a stronger field and we want to test yeah. ourselves and we've had some years out or a year or so out of competition so we've actually made the other decision that we it's not so much about winning the event it's about getting back to shape and getting, getting in form again um, I, th- I think it's knowing where your cards are isn't it yeah so I was going right do I want to do I want to play an easier hand or and and go for that, which you're absolutely right to do. Yeah. Um, like for yeah, for example, Briggsy, where where she's at, going to a really dense field, depend, program dependent. Is she going to take first place? Possibly. Like yeah. So you're looking at your programming. I mean, you're looking at programming for the last year or the last two years, and in four yeah. years' time, you know, in four years' time, you're looking back and go typically. It's lighter there, more capacity-based. We'll take that one. Um, Which is then a downfall. like Of the system. Of the system. Yeah. Like, yes, it's great as events, but maybe there needs to be uh, an overview from from CrossFit in a sense of the programming. Yeah. Like, there being the... the, vari- the, the they've done it longer than anybody else. So to make sure that it's not biased towards... A typical athlete that would that would ensure that the standards were were held across the board. Um, yeah, that 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 is one downfall of it. I've got a question Do, it, for you guys as coaches, really of elite athletes. Do you find it then difficult with that choice and with that spread over the year? So we're going from essentially December to June this year to pick and choose which competitions, how you then cycle their program in how you peak them for for which event how do you how do you manage I think, that i think the first thing i would like i would like to say with with the competitions is we're talking about maximum of 10 events but probably more like six to eight events over two to three days uh, a competition is a deload you know the Can guys that yeah, the the guys that they're training and the amount of work they're doing and how hard they're training, like going for a weekend away to a competition should just be a lot of fun. Like um, there's a different there's a big difference between I'm going to competition and I'm going to peak, and um, 
whether you're peaking or not is is, is, a, is a huge difference. It, it, the top level guys should essentially, if they're selecting the sanctionals right, should be able to go and get their ticket without having to peak. Um, so in that respect, th- there isn't the sort of, oh, we're going to a competition and it ruins a period. If you were peaking, for example, you'd have a good rest period up to it, you'd have a taper phase, you'd have a rest phase after, and you'd potentially lose a month of training uh, there. That could be dangerous or detrimental to a season. Um, if the if the sanctional system was changed to, to, it was more weight on the sanctionals and it was points-based, you would have to peak. Well, there'll be a, a stronger a stronger field. You'd have to do peaks. And you can peak twice a year. I mean, every sport, your second peak of the year is always bigger than your first peak anyway. So as long as you had the adequate off-season or adequate rest, your second peak will always be your better peak. So you want to try and peak somewhere five to six months out come up come down again and then go back up again like that peak's always going to be better so so that's that's perfect for the sanctionals um it's it's also better for the season isn't it yes it is better for the season um, yeah. with like with like the density that we used to in europe like the guys in europe again have to be so on point just to get to regionals then once they're from regionals they're then sorry once they're in regionals then the regional field is so dense that they've got to be at a really high peak there as well. So the European guys are almost, the European field is sometimes, especially the men, is, is are working so hard just to then try and hold on for the games. Um, whereas in, yeah, some of the American kind of regions, again, we look at comparative scores across regions and we saw that our top 10 males would have would have qualified for the games in a, half of the American regions again and so having the spread across the year being able to choose a sanctional event and go in and get your space in between sanctional games open like those you can get a better spread for the the better the two peaks for the peaking strategies yeah Um, so you actually get a benefit by it yeah, 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 for sure. Definitely. I think if you're if you're astute with your programming, yeah. you'll benefit from from the sanctionals, um, and you'll benefit from, and and again, you know, we're we're picking a sanctional event close to the Open, which, with the insecurity around the Open this year, and uh, although the rule book has been released, it hasn't cleared a lot up. It's cleared some things up, but it hasn't cleared everything up. So, you know, in respect to what's going to happen when we get to Madison, uh, if we get to Madison, I should say. Um, and and in that respect there, you, so we, we're sort of going, well, you know, we, we want to be in reasonable nick for the Open. So so we plan that, plan things around that. But, but yeah, I think, uh, I think the sanction will just give us uh, a better feedback to where we're headed with our training, uh, with our peaks. Do you require personalised programming? We have our team of Red Pill coaches available to help you with your performance needs, regardless of your competitive level. Please get in touch at redpilltraining.com. One thing I want to touch on um, carefully, and um, always touch things carefully <laughs> is depends what you're into the, the doping policy 
Um, and again, the, where I feel reasonably fortunate is I have been lucky enough to coach uh, at a reasonably high level across uh, a multitude of sports and the cycling background is now where I, I come in and, and would like to talk about to sort of go on the record and say the reason so many cyclists get caught is because their doping procedures and doping policies are so good um, and there's not so many getting caught anymore because they will get caught and you will get caught if you're doping cycling at some point um, not to say it doesn't go on I think uh, I've read some actually from my psychological studies which is nothing to do with sport is that one in six males have taken performance enhancing drugs so based on that I mean that makes sense um, but there is no sport as, as, as the CrossFit cycling rugby football whichever you want to talk about doping exists um, and the reason so much doping is prevalent in, in cycling is because the testing procedures and the whereabouts procedures are so strong there are as many people doping in CrossFit as there are in cycling there are as many people doping and that's not a negative to CrossFit that's just because it's a sport rather than it's because it's CrossFit it's a sport it's the same in weightlifting it's the same in running it's the same in rugby it's the same in football the, the lev- nobody is caught doping in football we get absolutely nobody caught in football that's not because they're not doping it's because the testing procedures are bad um, so we can see CrossFit making strides and making efforts to negate that for, my, for me the success of what they're doing isn't good enough because they're not catching more people not because there's not people doping and that is the problem with the new structure because now if you can qualify as a national champion now it's fair game as a in your, re, in your country to try and push the limits because they're not going to test the top 20 males in the UK. But do then, you think... Sorry, Jess. They're not going to go out there and they don't know who they are. They only care about the people that eventually get to the games. And budget restraints, obviously, yeah. have a... Have a yeah. have the a, amount of people that are entering, how can they test everybody that enters the Open? Yeah. But do you think now that it's moving towards more of a professional sport, they'll tighten all that up as, That's as the they're trying hope, to isn't do? It? That, yeah. that is the hope, ultimately. Um, and I think for the integrity of the sport um, and the longevity of the sport I mean for me you know you always do a sort of a in any kind of business assessment or anything else you do a sort of a risk assessment and you look at what's the risk I mean part of our business strategy is looking at what's the threats what are the threats to our business as a CrossFit coaching company or a sports coaching company and one of the biggest threats to CrossFit for me is that the doping policy Runs. I mean, if we look at cycling in the 90s, how cycling survived, survived that phase, I'll never know the sport. Potentially, you know, we lost so many sponsors. When I first got into cycling, you know, a, a young 18, 19-year-old guy who was half decent could find a place on the team somewhere with an okay salary because people love cycling because it was money in it and people sponsored. You know, we're cycling still recovering from that now in terms of monetary sponsors and, and, and people coming in. A, a huge hit of people being caught and now I've just contradicted myself because I've just said not enough of being caught and now I'm saying we need to have and now if people get caught it will ruin the sport but I think there's the 
I don't say the guys have an easy job who are sitting in charge of this. I think it's a, an, an unenviable uh, task they have. But I think what what we need is a, a better uh, a better testing system than we have now. But at the same time, we just need to be be very what we don't want to end up. We don't want to end up in a situation where we end up ruining the sport by by losing the integrity of the sport and, and the balance there is they've got to get the procedures better than they are currently it's a fine line with and the thing with what CrossFit's about and where it's come from is it's come from assist and it, and and is returning to the message of we are about health yes and when there's the sport there and, and they are they are trying to separate the two out and say CrossFit is for everyone CrossFit is is for health but then when the sport side maybe doesn't necessarily well from taking drugs isn't promoting health it is it's a tough predicament to be in yeah. for sure um, I mean the business model is, is, is you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't if you don't catch the people um, you're in a trouble you've got everybody running around saying so and so so and so so pointing fingers and etc etc on the other side of things you test you tighten up the procedure and you start catching people you lose a lot of the integrity of the sport so either way you lose integrity of the sport and that's why I, I have huge amounts of respect for for how difficult the job is what we then need to discuss is the balance of that have have they got the balance right in its current format my instinct is not quite there's work to be done and that might just be an evolutionary process in that it's a new system and that, that it's work in progress and I hope that's what it is but the um, the experiences I've had of the doping policies so far coming from a, a very strict cycling background where you finish a race and you get a you get a, a bodyguard essentially and they stand next to you until you've given blood and peed in the cup and then being tested and and etc etc we're not quite there yet um and again i'm hoping we will be but but i think there's still a, a there's still a long way to go Yeah, agree. Agree for sure. Good. I mean, going back to, but on that, on that process of sponsorship and stuff, this is where we're worrying about the top guys getting sponsorship, but the nature of CrossFit, like, or the nature of, yeah, the nature of CrossFitters and Instagram, you've, you've got people with following and sponsorship because, because of how they look. Like yeah. they're 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 a marketable athlete regardless of success. So yeah, there's some some girls out there that are the the best of the best, but they're not as marketable as some of the some lesser lesser athletes um, and ma- and males likewise. Sorry, um, but that would also encourage. Well, I'm sure is out there in the fitness industry. Let's not put just put CrossFit in that yeah, there's absolutely. there's guys taking like you said one in six are taking performance enhancing drugs how many of those are guys wanting to get jacked to stick it on Instagram to sell a fat loss program to sell a Insta fame pro, like what, whatever it, they're taking those steroids to look better and get sponsors and live off Instagram like the 99.9% of the world seems to be right now um, nobody wants a career anymore it's Insta fame is the way it's going. Well, thanks for the insight, Jess. Sorry, right, mate. Uh, I'm, uh, it's my, my favourite part those, of social media. For those of you listening uh, at home, we also do philosophy, Instagram philosophy, and uh, Jess is uh, leading the way currently. Um, 
so because yeah. I'm because I'm so epic on it. Yeah. My regular posting abilities. Good guys, I, I'm. Um, I hope I hope the listening for you guys listening at home, we've stimulated some thoughts, some questions. Um, the idea was to do a little bit of a slightly different different take on the from a sort of coach's side of the new format I think um, to summarise I think most of us are positive enjoy it the other coaches in the network I've not yet talked to a coach that hasn't enjoyed it um, I've talked to sort of most of the most of the guys on the, on the circuit and I think some of them feel perhaps uh, financial pressure to to move around and go to the sanctionals to get the spot of the games um, and perhaps if they're not as confident in their ability to, to, to end in the top 20 I mean we're all thinking about it I think the top 20 from last year won't look like the top 20 this year a lot of athletes go well I've only got I only with respect got to get to the top 40 in my region where now I've got to be top 20 in the world there'll be a lot of athletes peaking for for the open a lot of athletes taking the open very seriously which will create a buzz uh, some excitement I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to that battle um, and all in all we sort of quite like the idea of, of the sanctionals and where it's going and, and feel like it's um, feel like we'd like some more information um, I don't know what that information would be but um, I just think relatives know what the format of the games is like yeah. how does where does you qualify like where do the, all the different qualification routes take you and how much game time are you actually going to get for that yeah like guys need to know that yeah you you might just get one day so yeah. it's a big trip for one day it's a long long way to go for a for one workout potentially if yeah. that's what it's going to be well it's speculation uh, yeah it's speculation yeah. we, so, we so don't let's, know let's not but, do that uh, that's not the way we want to go good guys um, thank you for listening uh, pleasure um, sharing sharing the waves with you we'll be back with uh, episode three next week which will be the interview with Samantha Briggs and her I'll be interviewing Sam um, so I'm going to try and bring my A game um, we're going to be talking we're going to try and get a little bit of a different slant from her we're of course going to talk CrossFit we're also going to find try to see what uh, I'm going to ask her about her political views and see where we go with that so we're going to try and get a, a little bit different slant on Sam see if we can uh, I mean I know I've had some coffees with her and enjoyed some quite articulate conversations so I'm going to see if I can drag some opinions out of her um, that'll be interesting look forward to it yeah good take it easy team <laughs> <laughs>